This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hello everybody and welcome to the Super J Cast presented by my bookie. I'm Joel Abraham joined by Damon McDonalds. Damon, you do well, excited to hear the bar is coming along nicely, everything going great. So far so good, you know what I mean? As best as it can be. Um, spirits are high, pro wrestling is, uh, well, let's not even say pro wrestling, let's just say G1 because uh, to me... That's all that matters, and uh, to you, maybe it's not all that matters, but it's uh, it's a it's a it's an important piece of the puzzle because um, it's G one season, Joel. You know that, and it is. I feel it's been some of the best pro wrestling we've seen in twenty twenty, hands down. So, um, what what is there not to be happy about? What is there not to be excited about? Um, we got good stuff, and we got plenty to talk. We'll about. get there. <laughs> that? We'll get there, mate. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> oh, really? There's plenty. Really? I, I, I've heard some rumors. If you don't mind, if we if we want to start there, for some rumors, we're making friends online, Joel. <laughs> well, okay. Look, let's let we'll get there. All right. I think the first thing we need to do, cheeky little victory lap, because there was the big announcement on uh, October sixth that. After Power Struggle, we are indeed going to have a joint World Tag League and Best of the Super Juniors Tour. So that's going to start November 15th. Finals held at Budokan Hall, which is big. And they're going to run joint show for the opening night and the final block night and the finals themselves. The rest of the tour they're going to feature on alternating nights. So, first of all, let's pat ourselves on the back for being the first people to break that. A little hat tip from Big Dave. Um, David, your thoughts on that announcement? Uh, Like I said, we we kind of knew it uh, it was in the works. Um and uh, yes, our victory lap. We always loved. Uh, why would anybody doubt us at this point? I mean, there, are there, st- there are there are there still people that question us? I hope not, because they. You know what? You know what makes me laugh, Damon? When I see these things popping up on Reddit and I see replies yeah. with the caveat: if this is true, come on, right? Come on. If this is true, don't <laughs> fucking insult us like that. How dare you? Right. If this is true, when have we ever missed? We don't like like if we're giving you a pastrami sandwich, we don't fucking we don't miss, right? I'm just I'm just saying. Uh, here's the problem: Th- those dopes don't listen. They'll comment. They they don't listen. They don't listen. Um, and they should. They might learn a, th- a thing or two. Um, the people who do listen know, and the people who do listen uh, tip the caps appropriately. And uh, and bow before the leaders of pro wrestling podcasting. They know. <laughs> bow. <laughs> All right, we're taking this t- terribly. Uh, but yes, they uh, the people who listen know. And the people who don't listen, they they they're trying to to be their own little speculating news source, and you know they're wrong. And we laugh and we giggle. And they're wrong. But uh, enough enough stroking us, Joel. You know, we could do this all day. We could do four hours of this. We could do four hours of this type of radio. Uh, but that's not why we're here. Uh, we're here to talk pro wrestling. So the question was, 
World Tag League and Best of the Super Junior. Uh, doing a little uh, alternating nights, right? That's uh, they're going to shoehorn in everything, aren't they? <laughs> they've got to <laughs> put out missing yeah, a beat. How many tournaments have there been? So uh, I'm just just going off the top of my head. Since the restart, there was New Japan Cup. Yeah. There was a never six man tournament. Yeah. There was the junior tag title tournament. There was the KOPW tournament. We got G1. Best of the Super Juniors, World Tag League, the New Japan Cup USA, and the Lions Break Crown. Yeah. If I haven't missed any, that's nine tournaments. <laughs> I mean, that's a lot of tournaments. And again, I'm a guy who loves a tournament. I love a bracket. I don't, that's that's all it's been all year. Like, has there been anything else that that you know? Not, I mean, the post Cup Evil thing. But that's it. I can't think of anything else. Can you? It hasn't revolved around a tournament? No, I'm just laughing at myself back. I think it was before they announced the Never Six Man because there was a, a little run of some very dry Coracle and lineups. Right. And we were saying, oh, there's, there should be more tournaments. Why aren't they doing tournaments of this <laughs> and tournaments of that? And the monkey's poor clothes. And now, Look at uh, have I got to watch all these? Exactly, <laughs> <laughs> this the Super Junior Show. Because I'm not going to lie, doing the G1, this is a struggle for me. So I don't know where I'm going to muster the the energy or the enthusiasm or just find the time in my busy hotel schedule for <laughs> watching all of these shows. The pro- and I'm curious what format it's going to take as well. Like how many participants, is it going to be like double blocks? Is it going to be single block? I've tried to sort of work that out by looking at the dates. I can't quite figure it out myself. So mm. I, I don't know. I've got no idea who they're going to get back for it. It's it's a big question mark for me. And I'm excited. So, and, you know, unless we receive any whispers or rumors then i'm going into this thing blind and and i always like that when they do the announcements and we don't know who's going to be in things which makes a change doesn't it but uh yeah all in favor of best of the super juniors love that yeah throw world tag league again if it's uh in a maybe condensed form i mean last year's was (laughs) pretty full-on wasn't it there was like 18 teams or something mental like that um, I mean, you got to figure in the AEW people coming over, right? You factor all those the whole the entire roster coming over. All right, okay. Are we are we doing that now? Are we doing are we doing the forbidden door? Okay. Well, I wish we could get it out of the way. Have people log let's off now? <laughs> okay. Well, question. So Louis says, with the recent departure of Harold in New Japan, the upcoming Best of the Super Juniors World Tag League tournaments, is there a chance the forbidden door has been cracked open a bit? James says, are you excited for Orange Cassidy in the Best of the Super Junior? Something that is definitely going to happen. And Slam Jams says, when Dark Order debut in NJPW, how many titles will they win in one night? Right. So, Damon, you obviously are aware. I didn't tell you, but you're aware that I've uh, upset some people on Twitter, which is I know might shock you. Oh, I know. Because I'm usually so diplomatic. But yeah, I, I fired off a couple of... Cause, I mean, I'm assuming that Orange Cassidy and uh, Evil Uno would were joking, you know, they were sort of doing a bit, given that, that everyone's getting hyped about various New Japan references that were dropped into the episode of Dynamite, and they were just sort of playing along. So I was, you know, playing along as well, a couple of jokey, sort of tongue-in-cheek, sort of WrestleJoy-esque, oh, I can't wait for these guys to be in New Japan, it's going to be awesome, inject it in my veins, fire emojis, blah, blah, blah. Damon, some people got really upset by that. Wow. Wow. Uh, I, f- I just find it amazing that it's like just people want this so badly. 
<laughs> and but yet, like the, the I would say I I don't want to say the New Japan fan base. I would say the majority kind of don't, and we're okay. And we don't even I, I, truth be told, I don't even think the majority think about AEW all that often. Um, so d- does that make us gatekeepers? No, Is that no. mean of us to? I mean, to reject that as a possibility. No, we don't have to. We don't have to want everything. I, I don't understand that idea of it. Um, just because, and was this all because of um, Tanahashi doing the video? There was a whole laundry list of little references that were thrown into the Dynamite episode, and but here's the thing: as far as far as we know, like nothing has changed. The, the forbidden door is still closed. Tanahashi likes to fuck about with people he's a bit of a tease he loves doing that stuff he's he's got a good relationship with Jericho whatever and maybe on the AEW side Tony Khan whomever that maybe they uh, now believe that with Harold gone that there is a chance of it happening so they're sort of you know doing a bit of flirting trying to make it happen but from what we understand the there are still big names in New Japan who have yet to be convinced that it's a good idea so in, in answer to Lucy's question no, I don't think the Forbidden Door has opened. But that's kind of besides the point here. It, it, it's turned into something else it, it, where I, I, I just I can't understand what, why anyone would give a fuck what I think about uh, a tag team, Dark Order, that admittedly I've never watched before in my life. I've got no interest in watching. I'm sure they're great. But why would people care about me having a little joke about them joining New Japan. I don't understand why it's upset people. Because uh, I, 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 that I, I mean, I can only say that we have a... Uh, I don't want to pat myself and, and you at the same time on the back too hard, but I think we have a, a voice and a, 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 an important voice in the world of... New Japan pro wrestling fandom at, at, at whatever the fuck that is worth. Um, so I think that when we do tweet something out like that, uh, it does get amplified, right? I look, uh, what's what I find in 2020 very, very, very funny is that I can watch just about any pro wrestling show and there are references to old wrestlers new wrestlers wrestlers working in other companies wrestlers who used to work for this company but now work elsewhere i mean I, i'm watching g1 i can't tell you how many fucking kevin kelly references uh or kevin references kevin kelly made rather to uh, i mean go down the fucking laundry list shinsuke nakamura uh kenny omega uh uh, Bob Armstrong, I heard in there. Uh, I mean, I, fucking uh, a, a Magnum TA reference. Um, I mean, are we working with every one of those companies? No, it's just because they say something on a commentary. That I mean, that just all that's saying is is that the management has given them the okay to treat pro wrestling with some sense of history. Like, we're not ignoring where things come from and where things have been in the past or where a person has worked in the past or a relationship they might have. Okay, was it a little bit like, whoa, Tanahashi giving a little video promo for Jericho? Of course. But, again, 
they're allowed to do things. Like a guy like Hiroshi Tanahashi, he's not really going knocking on management's door and saying, I have a video. Can I? He's going, all right, cool. Let's get a camera and let's do it. You know what I mean? Liger, who had a, 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 a contract where he could work dates uh, independent of New Japan dates as long as they weren't conflicting. Motherfucker took an NXT date, for crying out loud, on the same weekend. It might have been even the same night, if I'm not mistaken. That New Japan was in the same town, Brooklyn, New York. They're running the Ring of Honor, and New Japan is running an outdoor baseball stadium. And I, I think like maybe even like the next night, Liger is wrestling. Or it might have been the same night. Liger's wrestling what? Uh, what the fuck's his name? Uh, uh, in NXT. Was it Tyler Breeze? Tyler Breeze. Yeah, I mean, and on this very show, I was like, what the fuck is he thinking? I mean, it's one thing to work a independent date. You know, okay, great. He he took the flight over. He's going to work. Okay, nobody's, everybody's kind of looking at it weird, but okay. But New Japan were in town that weekend running a Ring of Honor show at the baseball stadium. Uh, and Liger's working for the competition in, in, in essence. Um, so they have these weird things where they're able to do things like this and not really have to pull a lot of strings to make it happen. They have a relationship. And here's another thing. It's not like New Japan has an issue working with many of the people within all Japan, excuse me, all Japan, within, uh, AEW, right? We see it. We know it. I mean, bit, yeah, they've, they've got working relationships with the people that they want to work with. Right. I'm sure if there was someone in that company that they wanted to appear in New Japan, they'd appear in New Japan. Yes. Yes. They. I mean, Jericho being one of them. We have a U.S. champion currently, right, that, that, that is heavily embedded in AEW. If there were others that, that uh, they wanted, they, they, they don't have a – New Japan has no problem working with individual wrestlers. With Harold in charge, there really wasn't a an effort to say, okay, we're going to have this official working relationship, right? And I'll go so far as to say, I don't know if that is the case with new management, right? It's just not on their radar right now. They're trying to survive this pandemic themselves. And, and sorry to jump in, Damon, but I don't. We're not saying that there is no value to a New Japan AEW relationship. Certainly not. Obviously, there is. New Japan have got no US TV deal. AEW got a great one. So there's one thing off the top of my head that would be a huge benefit to New Japan. So I'm not saying, yeah, I'm not even against the idea of relationship. I don't, not really that fussed if they want to throw a few tag teams. It's not, not going to happen, but if they want to throw a few tag teams over World, world Tag League. Sure, why not? It would be fun. It would be interesting. Something to watch, something to talk about. But it's just the the fans. <laughs> That's the worst part. Just the discourse and the, the arguing and people get... Like, 2020 of all years, for that to be the hill to die on, me poking fun at a tag team I've never watched before, well, that is... That is it, Joel. That you've gone too far this time. I'm, <laughs> I'm unfollowing. I'm not listening to your show anymore because you made fun of. Did they, were people saying that? How dare you? Were people saying that? Yeah. Oh come on. How can you listen to this show 
And I have, know, I'm all the inflammatory <laughs> shit I've said over the past few months, that being the one where you're like, okay, that's... That's the struggle for the cattle's That's too back. much. <laughs> They've crossed the line. Really? That? I mean, we've said... I, 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 well, it's, it was another one. Someone said, I'm being unprofessional. What? What profession? <laughs> what qualifications do you think you need to host a fucking podcast about wrestling? <laughs> you idiot. <laughs> we get paid an absolute pittance for this. And quite frankly speaking, I don't give a fuck if people unfollow or unsubscribe. It means nothing to me. Right. We, we get next to nothing I'm... in terms of financial... Uh, benefits with doing this podcast we're doing it for us because it's fun and if i think i will get some fun and enjoyment out of tweeting out a joke i'm gonna do it i don't care i'll tell you what i'll tell you what i'll give you the name and the email address to all of our quote unquote sponsors and you can email them directly i don't give a shit (laughs) oh my god yeah i'm sorry but if a given company wants to take away their fucking seven dollars a month <laughs> whatever <laughs> shit we're getting paid i will i will live with that yeah. i can cope with that yeah i'll be all right holy unprofessional <laughs> when are we <laughs> is... go back and listen to show 97 you want to talk about professionalism <laughs> oh my god <sighs> us us reading our erotic fan fiction about wrestlers. <laughs> oh my god, that was I, I. I tell you what, still to this day, if I'm ever feeling blue, whew, I pop that motherfucker on right at that spot. I laugh so hard to this day, just you cracking up, ah, uh, and you making me laugh. Ah, uh, is it in there? Yes. Ah, <laughs> uh, such a great moment in our lives. Uh, all right, like, yeah. I, I don't look. Listen, I'm not. I don't have such a self-inflated sense of my own importance that anyone's significant. So you don't need to worry if you love AEW and you want AEW and New Japan to have a working relationship. Me tweeting a joke is not going to affect that. Yeah. I guarantee you, uh, uh, the people in charge, Obari, um, Gedo, Sugabayashi, Kidani, they're not looking at my tweets. They're not reading that thinking, oh, well, if uh, if Joel says that this tag team's not worth calling up, then we we better scratch the deal. Yeah. yeah. Please, you should not care what I think about wrestlers I don't watch. It's, uh, <laughs> I'm an idiot. No one should listen to me. Well, I wouldn't say that. But, uh, I mean, yeah, there, there's not a meeting, there's not a round table where somebody presses the cassette play button. All right, let's listen to what they had to say this week. Oh, scrap the plans. Call call Tony Khan. Joel doesn't like it. <sighs> well, look. I didn't even say I don't like it, Damon. I was just, you know, doing the, oh, it's going to be so right. awesome when they come over. So I think the people who've read that and inferred that, I don't like it, or I think they're a bad tag team. You're, you're telling on yourselves there, because yeah. I said nothing of the sort. That's true. That is true. And again, they have there's there's certain people that that they work with currently. They have no problem working with, and I would not be surprised to see other people working there. I would not. Um, that is not to say that we have heard anything about any type of working relationship between the two companies at this point. Um, in fact, we we were you know it. To the people we talked to, it was almost a you know a joke, <laughs> you know. Like, can you believe this again? Um, so, again, if, until I don't want to say until you hear from us, but until you hear from us, uh, relax. It's you know, it's it's the same as it is. The, 
the idea that this has to happen and this has that this eventually will happen is I don't I don't know why like yes T aside from well you know what I'm not even going to get into what the, the benefits are we we have we have other things to talk about and who cares um, but yeah there I just don't understand the idea of people just in 2020 that's the hill they're going to die on so all right well bye. <laughs> I, what can I tell you? Well. All right, uh, let's get on to the good American wrestling then, which is <laughs> lines break crap. Not joking. <laughs> I think I'm the only person who watches this. I think you are too. Strong thing. So here is me watching the lines break crown for your sins. Uh, it was all right. It's fine. Um, we had a six-man tag team match. Blake Christian got the winning pin. He's pretty good. Want to keep an eye on. There's a lot of very solid wrestlers on this show who I personally think would slot in seamlessly in a best of Super Juniors or a tag league or something like that. So I think they've got a good thing going there and it's very watchable, in my opinion anyway. And we had the final of the Lions Break Crown, the tournament, where Clark Connors defeated Danny Limelight with a Boston Crab. Uh, as I predicted, Damon, I thought. Clark Connors was going to be the winner and I mean the match itself was it was fine there's nothing spectacular but it's just interesting to look at it in terms of the function of this tournament which was to get Clark Connors over so they got all these talented guys with nice little gimmicks neat and tidy in the ring good stuff but then to put Clark Connors as a Clark Connors is better than all of these guys he's the top dog so I think it's a very smart way to keep some of the spotlight on Clark Connors who some people might have forgotten about uh, given that we see guys like Yotosuji, Yuyo Emra, gay kids tearing things up in Japan, to just say, hey, don't forget about Clark Connors. This guy's good and he's going to be a player moving forward. And we had a fun 12 man elimination match uh, at the end where we were involving some, some of the big names, guys like Jeff Cobb, Jay White, Kenta, who did really well. And we got to credit their commitment to the cause, Damon, for flying back. In the middle of the grade one climax, sneaking in, somehow managing to get past the uh, the quarantine rules to f- to film this elimination tag match. So yeah, hats off to you guys. Uh, I mean, you got to respect the uh, the hustle there. So uh, yeah, there we go. There's New Japan Strong, which uh, no one else watches apart from me. So Aww. let's let's get on to the G one then. C block. Okay, Young Lions. Yeah, I was just talking about the Young Lions. It does seem that. Well, the wrestlers are certainly keeping track because we saw Gabe Kidd holding up four fingers to indicate the number of matches he's won. And it looks like by the end of this tour, things are going to be pretty even. If not, I mean, it wouldn't shock me if they're all, all three of them on the exact same numbers of wins, Uh draws, losses. Uh, I would like it if one of them is, if there's some sort of hierarchy at the end where we can look at one guy and say, okay, yeah, this guy, he had the most wins. He's head of the C block. He's he's top of the class here. He's the one we want to keep an eye on. But we've gradually seen throughout this tour little flashes of uh, you know individual you know uniqueness coming in with these guys' movesets. Like, uh, we had a really great match between Uemura and Suji a couple of days ago uh, where Uemura had a you know, spectacular arm drag into a little elbow crank submission move there and his, his double arm uh, suplex move there. We've got Yotsuji working in some lucha moves, Gabe Kibb with a sort of European brawling style. So I like the way that they're starting to show their own styles coming through 
even if you know the, the matches kind of all blend into one after a certain point. So, uh, Damon, you got any hot takes on the Young Lion matches? Uh, yeah, I, you know, I think the idea of keeping it interesting until final nights is is the idea here. Keeping them all pretty much on a somewhat level playing field. Um, and then kind of having one guy break out in the pack probably like around the finals to, 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 to be, I don't know if we want to call it the definitive winner, but at least um, for those scoring at home, They'll have a, a person who you know made it out of G one with the most wins. Um, I, I the one thing I will say is this: I love the fact that it is the same guys every night, right? And logistics kind of made that happen. I love that it's the same guys. I love that even in the beginning with a young lions match, there is something to kind of um, keep track of. And, uh, you know, a little mini contest, a a little mini tournament or, you know, again, something of value, every match meaning something Um, in the first match that, you know, they usually don't last more than, you know, six minutes, seven minutes. And they they can all feel the same in a certain degree. Uh, But again, I, I do like the idea of. It's it's really a battle between three guys that you know in a somewhat round robin tournament that keeps it interesting. Um, I think I, there hasn't been a bad match, right? I guess that's really what it is. Is are these matches good? Or, or you know, in the, the 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 standard good matches that we see, there hasn't been one. Match where it's been like things fell apart. Oh, somebody pulled the string on the sweater, and it, you know, like every match is can be a little bit of the same, can be a little bit repetitive, but overall they're all good. Like you would think, people at that level, you know, again these are young lions. You would see more botches or more fuck ups or more people getting lost in the ring and and losing their train of thought and. You know, with two young guys, you know, it's, it might be a little bit difficult to kind of pull that back in where, you know, that veteran role that somebody might have, like a Tenzan to be able, or or Yuji Nagata, when things start fucking falling apart, okay, let's bring it back in. They, they don't, we don't really have the luxury of that, but yet you don't see that. And again, I hate to, to say it, and it's not like a point that people don't already understand and recognize, that speaks volumes to the training system. Compare that to to other training systems, uh, and where you just see people getting lost in the ring and just looking like a deer in headlights, and just you know nothing looking solid and nothing looking crisp and nothing looking <laughs> legitimate at all. Um, you got this, um, and I'll take this every day of the week. I did forget to mention from just cycling back to the strong thing, David Finley won that. Elimination tag match, so it looks like he's set up for some sort of challenge. I think he wants to challenge Kenta for that briefcase. So uh, another long journey for Kenta ahead. So uh, yeah, David Finley, thumbs up there. Uh, Samuel says, has Uemura hinted at an excursion, excursionless graduation from the dojo by beating a senpai? Would love to see Suji and Uemura beat their mentor, who could turn to them and say, "You're no longer a young line." Uemura and Tiger Mask, Suji and Tanahashi. Uh, now that's an interesting one. I think Suji, for his part, is still very keen on going to Mexico. Apparently, he started learning Spanish, and you can see that he's got his sights set. That's where he wants to go. 
not sure about the other two. And again, I don't know in this crazy COVID world if the excursion is necessarily something that uh, New Japan can rely on at this point. So I, I would say it's very much up in the air. And, and again, I think that also goes for the ones who are out at the moment, like Oka, Umino, Narita. So yeah, big question marks over those excursions for me. Yeah, that, that's a shame too. I mean, imagine being um, a young guy training hard to have that be almost a, um, a you know you're at a certain level when you when you're when you reach that excursion time and to have that taken off the table I, I think there's a lot of people that are like that you know athletes all over the world I mean look at look at people training for the Olympics um, and how they've had to be pushed back so yeah I think it's all depending upon where we are in the world with uh, uh, COVID nineteen Joel and uh, if that cleans up you'll see more excursions but until that time i don't think it's on the radar let's get into the a block then so top of the block we have jay white sitting on 10 points uh since we last spoke to him he lost jeff cobb beat taichi and beat yujiro he's got suzuki and ishii left in the block i think he's been one of the most impressive guys, most enjoyable guys for me to watch so far in the tournament. I thought the match against Cobb was excellent. I thought he made Cobb look great, even though uh, even though he well he, he lost the match, obviously. So yeah, Cobb would look great. Um, but it was a really well worked match, and I loved the bit at the end with Cobb picking up Gato and throwing him at Jay White as Jay White's hoist by his own petard. I thought that was a really nice way of finishing the match there. Uh, Taichi match was great. I just two of my favourite wrestlers, so I like when you get the heel versus heel dynamics, and they had that uh, kind of strange respect for each other. And Jay's talking that in in the backstage interviews, oh, I like you, Taichi, and applauding for him when he's doing the singing entrance. So that was a lot of fun, um, and I thought it was a really good match as well. And then the Yudro match, very interesting from a storyline perspective. I thought it was hilarious. Jay coming out in like his tracksuit and his trainers, his, his bright red trainers, didn't even bother to put his wrestling boots on. And now we've got this really interesting story uh, in that match where you're sort of doubting what what happened. Why did it happen? Why did Yujiro go rogue there when he was su- supposed to lie down for Jay White? Was it because Jay White was fucking about, you know, not not taking the pin seriously? Did that sting Yujiro's pride? And he thought, oh, fuck this guy. I'm going to try and steal the win for myself here. Because I, I think, well, we'll come to talk about Yujiro later, but uh, I enjoyed that match for the storyline. And now we've got, Jay sort of descending into paranoia and he's screaming backstage and saying to Gedo, oh, promise me, promise me you didn't know about this. And Gedo saying, no, you can trust me, you can trust me. And of course, we all know what Gedo did with uh, the last wrestler that he managed. So I think this whole Jay White story and Evil, of course, firing shots across the bow as well, saying, oh, you trust Gedo, do you? Huh, interesting. Mm. Very fascinating to see where this goes for Jay White. So not only... Has have his matches been great? I think he's been one of the best wrestlers in this G one, but the storyline stuff is gripping for me as well. Yeah, and I'm I'm leaning more toward his storylines uh, than than the matches. I think the matches have been good. Um, I don't I don't know if I'm putting anything in a great category, but but I think Jay White has been unbelievably great. Uh, Combining the entire package of what a pro wrestler is in G1, like to me, he's not—he's n- certainly in no way stretch of. I mean, people who are fast forwarding Jay White matches are out of their mind at this point. Um, and two, 
just everything that he's kind of interwoven in um, with with the little bubbling seeds of a, of a Bullet Club interfaction feud um, have been great. I think he, again, the, from the minute he stepped through the curtain, I think he's been a a, a breath of fresh air. Um, pardon the pun with the breathe with the switchblade, but it's it's been uh, noticeable how he has been such a presence in in this tournament alone. Um, before and, and this is you know. This is after all the things that he's done to to that point. Like he just seems like he's elevated himself so much more in in the past what three months. He just seems like a guy that is on fire. Um, and the matches and don't get me wrong, the matches have been good. I mean, the usual match was good in the sense of like it was interesting what the the story they were telling in the ring. Um, and you were rooting for Yujiro to get the fucking pin, just to get the fucking pin. And he's struggling so much. Like, he's hitting everything under the sun to fucking put this guy away. Uh, but he couldn't do it. One slip up and boom. And that's Jay White. One slip up and boom. Like, a lot of these matches, it's been, you know, somebody else in, in, in control. And then one slip up, boom, switchblade done. Uh, we're going to a we're going to a finish, uh, but again, like the Tai Chi match, I thought was uh I thought it was good. I thought it was all right. Um, what other match? What, what am, I, am I am I singling out here for? Uh, for uh, so there, yeah, there have been three. There was the Jeff Cobb, Cobb. Uh, Tai Chi, and Yudro. Yeah, I think Jeff Cobb match was probably my favorite match. Uh, the the Yudro match I, I enjoy just because of the. The drama that they built with Yujiro looking for a win, number one, and especially over JY. Like, wouldn't that have been fucking unbelievable if that would have been his one win? Like, if he actually pinned him on that one, that would have been unbelievably great. Um, but the Jeff Cobb match was, I think, my favorite of the three. So looking at Jay White's prospects going forward, like I said, he's got Suzuki next and then Ishii on the final night. A few questions. Vase Collect 420 says, could we ever see Jay White hoist the G1 trophy in a future tournament? Could it be this tournament? I mean, I could certainly see him winning a G1 in the future, whether it's a heel or babyface. I know, I, I think there's great money in either. I, you know, He's such a good heel that I'm kind of reluctant for him to turn face, even though I think he'd be a very successful babyface as well. Uh, and Jordan says, what happens on the final night of the G1 with Bullet Club? Good Brothers turn up, Bullet Club turns on White, and Osprey is a new member. Evil kicks Jay out. So how do you see the rest of Jay White's G1 playing out? Do you think... I, I think he probably gets spoiled by Ishii. I don't think he's going to win the block. And I, yeah, I'm i not sure what is going to happen with this Bullet Club situation. Because it's something you might want to keep on the slow burn and save it for the future. Or... It could be the big angle for the the final show where they pull the trigger on it and we get the big split and we're heading for a J versus Evil feud at Wrestle Kingdom. So how do you see the rest of the, the tournament going for Jay and Bullet Club? Yeah, it depends on what they want to do with, with other pieces of a puzzle. I don't think you do two major storyline turns. Um, you know, you, you, you keep one in your pocket and you do one now. Um, whether that's Osprey or whether that's, you know, w- whatever we want to do. Um, you could go either way. And I think either one would be really impactful. So, um, 
Yeah, I, I, I kind of just see him getting spoiled. He, I, I do see Jay White winning a, J, uh, a G1. I do. Um, I, I don't even think it's an argument. Like, like, give me another name who plays his role as well as Jay White right now. I mean, people might throw out MJF. Um, and I think he is a I, – I, I do. I think he's a good heel. But I think Jay White is fucking does laps around him. I think Jay White is unbelievable in his character right now. Like, he is a guy who has completely taken that on and has run with it. Like, no one – I let's put it this way. I would never have been – I watching Jay White as a young line and watching Jay White kind of go through, you know, excursion, Ring of Honor. And even in the beginning of Switchblade stuff, I never would have guessed that that guy, that guy, would turn into this guy. Like he has just, uh, it really is a, a remarkable thing that he has been able to do with this character um, in, in, let's be honest here, a relatively short amount of time. Like he has just blown it out of the park. Uh, I, and as weird as it sounds, like I, I feel like he's a guy that shouldn't even be. It, it, it like it's almost an insult to say this about him. But, but like he's like one of the most improved guys I've seen, just in this year alone. He's one of the most improved guys I've seen. Like he's a guy in 2020. Like name me another guy in 2020. That has taken the leaps that this guy's. I, I can't name one. No, he's like, uh, I think he's always. I, I've always enjoyed him. I've enjoyed him for the past well, at least two years. I think as soon as he got that U.S. title and that U.S. title run that he went on matches against uh, David Finley, Hangman Page, the Juice match with the JR. It's, it's, even from back then, I've love Jay White I've been all on board but there's certainly something about him now I, and I've said before I think the cl- the clap crowds thing he is doing that better than anyone else in the business and he is just making he's just squeezing every last drop out of that making it work for him and he just looks and carries himself like a top star an absolute mega star he does here's the one strike uh, and and again this has more to do with New Japan purists Shall we say? Like, you're not getting that. I, I mean, have we seen that that killer Jay White match? Have we seen that yet? If you're asking me what I think Jay White's best match was, I would say last year's G1 final. I final. thought it was yeah. outstanding. But I guess what what we're looking at here is for him to what put the the shenanigans to one side and wrestle that you know the the quite quite pure new japan main event style that most uh, of the the casual western audience seem to crave yeah. we know he can do that he can we know he can do it right. he's just choosing not to because that's not how switchblade jay white would wrestle a match he's right. a guy who knows that he can't beat the top guys you know on on most days unless he catches them off guard so he does. He, he relies that. He relies on that cheating. So the day will come when he stops doing that. It will come, and I think at that point, then 
everyone everyone will be on board the hype train and realize what a megastar this guy really is. I'm in agreement. Give me a give me a letter grade for his G1. I'm giving him an A. An a. I'm giving him a B plus. B plus. Match quality hasn't been as good as others, but overall, I think he's been f- just fantastic. So uh, I'm going to go B plus because I still think there's a couple nights to go where we're going to see some things kind of play out uh, that might change that letter grade. But let's give it a B plus for right now. Let's move on to Kota Ibushi, also on 10 points, who beat Will Ospreay, lost to Shingo, and then beat Suzuki. He's got Yujiro and Taichi left. And with uh, Okada working the different style in this G1 and Jay White doing his shenanigans to some extent, it seems like Ibushi and also to an extent Shingo guys that are being leaned on to deliver that epic main event style match that people crave. And I don't think he's hit the heights that we know he's capable of, but I still think he's putting on some very, very good matches. Um, the Osprey match, I thought, was very good. I liked it. I didn't like it as much as their match in the previous G1, but I liked it well enough. I thought there were some really creative spots in there. I liked uh, Ibushi countering the Oz cutter with the uh, the jumping knee, the Bomaye. I thought that was a really nice spot. Didn't hit completely cleanly, but uh, you know that didn't really affect my enjoyment of the match. I thought it still looked great. The Shingo match, again, very, very good match, feel like they could have a better match in them so I don't know if that's something they're heading towards if there's going to be another singles match on the horizon but it just felt like they could have gone an extra gear or two but didn't and a Suzuki match I thought Ibushi was terrific in that and he you know Suzuki is a a scary tough guy who can do the grappling the submissions and the striking but Ibushi even though he sometimes you know is a guy who likes to do wacky stuff and flippy stuff you know that Deep down, when push comes to shove, he's a tough motherfucker and he will stand toe-to-toe with Suzuki and trade strikes with him. And that match just turned into an absolute slugfest and it's great. I really, really enjoyed that Suzuki match. So, uh, your thoughts on Ibushi so far? Ibushi's been great. Like, he's been he's been a rock. Um, you could put him in the ring with just about anybody and you're, you're guaranteed at least a very good match. Um the Suzuki match I thought was fantastic um, because, yeah, he's a guy that – I don't know. Maybe people might s- sit and, and pigeonhole him and label him as a you know a guy who is more interested in flying around than, than you know exchanging strikes. And even from the opening bell with Suzuki, it was that. It was just strikes and strikes. And you got to tip your cap to him. Because he took a fucking beating. He took a beating. Uh, and Suzuki had two matches back-to-back with Will and, and, and Ibushi. Two guys who are maybe somewhat similar. Um, oh, and he was – he beat the piss out of both of them. <laughs> it, was a, it was a pleasure to watch. Um, I liked the Shingo match a lot. I thought that was really good. Uh, I like the Will Matchell. I, I think he has been an MVP uh, type performance. There's, there, there's. I don't think there's a match where I've been like, eh, this, uh, let me hit, let me look for the fast forward button. Uh, 
Yeah, but the, I tell you what, maybe it's because it's the, it was the most recent one that I watched. The the Suzuki match was just unbelievable. There were a couple moments where I, I'm jumping out of my some of the headbutts, some of the fucking. Uh, and, and we say it all the time with Suzuki too. His fucking strikes are just the best in the business. I don't get. I don't give a fuck what anybody says. They just. They just have this sound that no no other no other person can can create. Uh, but Ibushi has been his biz. He's been top notch for me. He's been top of the top of the heap. Uh, I would give him a solid A so far. A question from Elliot said, what made that Suzuki Ibushi match so special? On paper, it played out like most New Japan matches, but something about it felt much more visceral and real than usual. It had like an interesting structure where there was a bit of grappling to start with and then it moved into the striking. So I know uh, Dave Meltzer was full of praise for it and, and likened it to like a, a, an MMA contest. And yeah, there was definitely, there was just something about the, the crispness of the striking and uh, the aggression and them sort of pushing each other to escalating heights of violence that... Uh, was, was very very satisfying like when Ibushi's just sort of flying at him with the jumping knee strikes it was just great stuff um, like I say he's got Yudro and Taichi left I think Taichi will probably be spoiling him on the final night uh, I don't think Ibushi's going to make it through to the final no I mean it's been quite a long time since we've seen a, a winner back to back so um, getting him to the finals is, is is a possibility, but yeah, I see Taichi being a spoiler there. Um, what what do you what are you giving him as a grade? Um, hmm, I oh, I'm going to give him an A as well. I think okay. I've just I was just trying to compare him to Jay White, and I think I've enjoyed them both equally. And I think uh, they have leaned on Ibushi a lot more in this block to be delivering the spectacular main event star matches so um, I think both of them have been equally valuable and impressive just in different roles yeah um, I mean to me for match quality you, you, you gotta you gotta look at Ibushi as being one of the guys that are that are making it happen for, for that block um, he's not a young guy anymore let's keep that in mind but he's still able to do it at a, at a very high level so yep A for me Let's talk about Will Ospreay, who's also on 10 points, who lost to Ibushi, beat Suzuki, and beat Taichi. He's got Jeff Cobb and Okada left on the final night. So, Will Ospreay. Uh, okay, well, obviously, I made my feelings pretty clear about the Jay White match. And the Ibushi match, I thought, was very good. That's more of what I want to see from Ospreay, because I, I don't think selling and doing limb matches are his strong point, because it just doesn't suit his moveset. He's got a very spectacular, flashy, high-flying style with lots of flips. And again, I don't think he's really changed that style at all since moving to heavyweight. He's still basically doing the same moves as he, he was doing when he was a junior. Uh, but he is better in those spectacular matches where he doesn't have to worry about, oh, I've hurt my leg, so I, I shouldn't do this move. So it's like to split into two, my, my thoughts on his last three matches. I thought that Ibushi match and the Taichi match were very good and that's more of what I want to see from Osprey. The Suzuki match where Suzuki was working over his arm, for me being a, a selling um, snob that I am, I don't think the selling was consistent enough. He was selling it throughout and oh, my arm hurts my hammers, which is great. But then I knew it was coming. He was, he's doing like handspring elbows and stuff and I just 
thought that when you're supposed to have an injured arm, just don't do that move. Just cut those moves out or, or do it and then, you know, collapse halfway. But, oh, I can't do that move because of my arm. And the finish where he still manages to hoist Suzuki up into his air with both his arms, he underhooks to do the, um, what's it called? The Stormbreaker. Yeah. I don't think there was enough evidence of the, L, uh, the, the arm work that Suzuki had done that that was evident in that finish and I you know this is not a hard and fast rule for all leg matches or arm matches that it's got to play into the finish but I think if it's something that a body part that someone like Suzuki has been targeting for the entire match I want to see some evidence of that in the finish and some people on Twitter were saying yeah if you look at it carefully then you can see he's actually lifting most of the weight with his right arm and the pin is with this it's sort of splitting hairs at that point it wasn't evident enough I think if you're going to do a leg match or an arm match you've got to be a bit more creative in how you finish the match if your finishing move depends on using that limb then change it up a bit some people thought he did I don't think he did it didn't reach that bar for me so yeah I would say Ibushi Taichi match thumbs up Suzuki match mm, thumbs in the middle for that Hmm. I really enjoyed the Suzuki match a lot Um, I liked the idea of Suzuki targeting a body part beating the shit out of it and you know will I, I think for the most part in that match sold the arm um i i thought it was a continuous thing it was constantly you know shaking moving tapping you know recognizing that you know it's been battered on yes um it, and in and as the match wore on I think it got a little bit less, but I don't think it was as glaring and as jarring um, to me, anyway, um, with the finish. Yeah, I mean, okay. There was... <laughs> you would have liked to have seen a little bit more, and and, and uh, better yet, a, a different finish, right? Something that didn't necessarily... You needed a decent amount of arm strength to perform, um, I think that would have made it. I don't want to say it a, a ten times better, but it would have made it a. It, it, I think it would have removed that piece of the puzzle that I think a lot of people had trouble swallowing. Um. That being said, I thought the match was fantastic. I really enjoyed that one. Um, it was one of my favorite ones for Will in G one, and I think Will's had a really great. G1. I, I've enjoyed every one of his matches. There's not one that where I'm like, oh, that was shit. Or even one where I was like, uh, that was okay. Like I, I, when, the, when the three count hits, I'm always putting that, like, all right, that was really fucking good. Um, give me a letter grade for Will Ospreay. It's really tough. Um, I ask the hard questions, Joe. You do ask hard questions. I'm going to give him a B. Okay. I think he can do better. I think he can I just, too. I think they put just don't don't do selling matches and maybe give a bit more to your opponents. And I think he's giving less to his opponents than he did last year. 
So I, I just think he's taken a bit of a step back. But actually, on the, on the other hand, let me, I want to give him praise for something, which is his heel work, because he's come across as absolutely obnoxious. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the Chi match, he, he came across as this really horrible Ibushi match as well. He was just acting like a, a little prick. So uh, I think that is something. I mean, I'm sure it's intentional. I don't know what it's building to, but I think that's something that's been effective so far. Do you think you got two guys? And I, I don't think Osprey's in this category of a guy who's holding back intentionally to, um, to give you, give us something more at the end. But there is something to be said about uh, uh, the, the entire the entirety of G one, and we are in the middle stages where, okay, you know, it's you don't have the the adrenaline of the you know first couple of nights to get you through. You're you're kind of in the in the slog of it until you get toward the toward the end and the finals. Um, I still think that there's there's stuff left in the tank. I don't I don't even think we've seen the best of Will Osprey, and and Will Osprey's had the still as of right now it's still my favorite match of G one against Shingo. Um, do you think he do you think that final match where you have Okada, and I'm sure we'll talk about more, kind of starting to hit his stride when when it comes to what we want and expect from Okada and Will Ospreay, who, again, who we still feel like has more left in the tank and still hasn't even given us his, the best of Will Ospreay. Do you think that kind of comes to a head in the finals? Not finals, but, you know, the semis? Yes, I have confidence in both guys that you know they've worked with each other enough in the past, and there's enough mutual respect there that they will be able to put on a match that is worthy of that spot on the card. Yeah. Maybe We've got another it. interesting question here. Actually, uh, Violent Skipping says, "Is Osprey's Kenneth cosplay coming from the office, or is it all his own idea?" Um, I, I, I don't think he's deliberately trying to behave like Kenny Omega, but I think. It's interesting that he is fulfilling a similar function on the cards and wrestling a, a similar way. Do, I mean, would you agree that the the style of Will Ospreay match is not dissimilar to a Kenny Omega match? Because, you know, very athletic, 100 miles an hour, lots of big flashy spots. Yeah. Uh, 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 yes. And I will also say, asterisk, that's not a bad thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's not a bad thing. Yeah, definitely. There was a, a hole. Kenny Omega did leave a, a hole in the, the roster when he left for those sort of matches that are going to make uh, casual Western fans sit up and take notice of. And Jay White, we love Jay White, but he, he is not that wrestler. He's a completely different guy. So I think, I don't know in terms of if we're talking specifically about Bullet Club or Heel or, or, or whatever it is Osprey's doing, but in terms of the style of matches, I think he has basically filled that Kenny Omega spot. Um, so he's got Cobb and Okada left. Do you think he beats Okada in the final? I don't. I think he's going you know, to push him close, maybe get close to the 30-minute time limit, but ultimately be unsuccessful. I don't know, man. I, I think there's a very good chance he does win. I really do. I think there's a very good chance he wins. Um, to me, you don't just put that match there just because... It's it's a great match on paper, like there is there's something else there, 
And I think everything that we're seeing with Will from everything that you described helps helps bring us to that point. When I saw that match, Joe, they could have put that match, Hiroshima, Osaka, they could have put that match at any point. There's a reason why matches are are put there. Um, I don't know. It's it, it's it's it, to me, it's either a win for Oka or for uh, Osprey, a, a clean one two three, or it's some something happens. I I don't want to say I'll be disappointed if none of those two things occur, but boy, it just really fucking feels like. There's a reason for that match being placed there. Other than it's going to be a great match. Let's move on and discuss because you've got Okada. So he's got 10 points as well. He beat Suzuki, um, Cobb and Shingo. He's got Ishii and Osprey left. Hmm, Okada, the big... Big sigh before this one. Uh, <laughs> let me start start with the questions here. Uh, Daryl says, who, if anyone, has been a disappointment? My nominee would be Okada. Seems like this angle was drummed up by the people who brought to us being the elite. Why would someone this great purposely behave so illogically and incongruent with his established character? And mm-hmm. Andrew says, people have been saying Okada has been pretending to be bad to tell a story. What if it's the other way around? And he was always bad. Oh, was pretending it. to be a good wrestler and only wrestling good matches to tell a story. That's, yeah. that's... I, go it's away. a joke. But. I, I know, but I, that, I know. Uh, okay, I think I'm, I'm gradually coming on board with this Okada thing because the matches are getting better. The Suzuki match was, you know, getting into what you expect from an Okada Suzuki match. They've had spectacular matches in the past, and then he did the sit down pin, which you know he used on Kenny Omega, he used on Chris Jericho, Yano used on him, and I get that's you know that's part of his little back catalogue. And he pinned him, and I was like, "Oh, you fucker!" I, I was I was angry when that happened because <laughs> I thought they've got a better match in them, and he just stole the win just as the match was getting going. And Suzuki was angry as well. And then I thought, well, maybe what well, that that is, that's the intended reaction, isn't it? That he's kind of sneaked the win there when I, I was over for him to get a more sustained beating. So the fact, again, it got a reaction out of me. Something to be said for that. Jeff Cobb match, again, I thought that was, that was good as well. He's sort of getting thrown around by Jeff Cobb and Jeff Cobb starting to get a bit cocky, thinking, yeah, I can beat this guy. He's not 100%. He's not taking it seriously. Jeff Cobb gets a bit arrogant. You know, he's doing the Rainmaker pose, gets caught out by the same pinning combination and then the Shingo match was where uh, and I said on Twitter it's a bit like a JRPG in these games Uh, there's usually a part in the game where the character will lose all of their abilities and then you have to get the abilities back one by one before you go on to the the final part of the game and that's what it feels like that throughout this G1 Okada is getting one of his signature moves back each time he goes out and everything's getting a little bit crisper a little bit cleaner I don't know if that justifies him wrestling in a, a slower more boring way at the start of the tournament because at the end of the day I want to be entertained and a lot of the matches he put on earlier in the G1 and uh, before the G1 were disappointing and I'd expect more from me so it the, the Shingo match was great I love the Shingo match and it just seemed like he was about to put everything together the Osaka crowd were going nuts they were you know they're not allowed to shout but they were still making a lot of noise there was still a lot of audible sound there and 
it got to that climactic point in the match. You know, he's doing his signature spots. He's doing the picture perfect drop kicks and the tombstone, and then he, he grabs the wrist, and you're like, "Is he going to do the rainmaker?" No, he's put the fucking money clip again. <laughs> oh, and then the 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 crowd was like the air being let out of a balloon, and they wanted to see the rainmaker. They thought they were going to see it, and he eventually beat Shingo with the money clip. And to be fair, Shingo sold it like death. Shingo did a tremendous job selling it. Nearly, you know, grabbing the referee, putting the referee back when the referee is about to call the match off. And then Okada adding that little backbreaker move into it to lock it in tighter and Shingo looking like his eyes are going to pop out of his head. So Shingo was tremendous in that match. Like, incredible performance getting that submission to look dangerous and, and deadly. So I guess what I'm coming to is I, I'm still. I, I think I'm nearly there with the Okada story, but I need to see what the payoff is before I can say whether or not I think it was a success. Because at some point, you imagine he is going to do the, the Rainmaker Lariat. Is it maybe he's going to transition the money clip into the Rainmaker? You know, it could be against Will Ospreay. It could be against I don't know Evil in the finals. Maybe saving it for Wrestle Kingdom. Is is the impact of that compromised by doing it in front of a clap crowd? Am I really going to be able to say, yes, this was a successful storyline when the only way people are allowed to react to it is by clapping? So I'm kind of in two minds about this statement. I'm struggling with it. I think it's it's all been very intentionally done by Okada and to use a a, a disgusting uh, sexual uh, analogy for it, it's like, you know, he's edging and, you know, you're getting there, you're ready for the the big bit at the end and then he's leaving you with blue balls or ruined orgasm. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking, "Ah, maybe I can pull a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value a complete view of all possible cards and clear hit rates for each one. Now, when I buy slab packs at Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. I was able to open an Arena Club slab pack, and and I'll be honest, it was a lot better than what you normally do. Say you go to a card show, and there's a random innocuous brown bag of cards, and yeah, you can open it, and look, it's going to be junk. You're, you, you know what I mean? Like You know what you're probably going to get in those. Maybe you find that fun. And sometimes I do. Sometimes I like just opening up cards and saying, oh, hey, look at some random cards or whatever. But if you're really in this game to to find value and find particular cards, it sucks to have to buy these mystery packs. And it ends up being, you know, almost nothing. You know, nothing of value. Not with Arena Club. You can display, again, of all available cards, hit rates, grading. So you know that when you're opening up the slab pack, you are going to get something valuable. You are getting something good. And Arena Club, in addition to having those great slab packs we just talked about, is also a marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, displaying, all that sort of stuff. But those Arena Club slab packs, man, they are revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your polls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling. And you can have them officially graded by Arena Club as well. So again, setting these things off, it's going to be officially graded by Arena Club. And the Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, and transparent with full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. So whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying, 
Arena Club is the card collecting platform that you have to check out. So right now, I've got a special offer here for Voices of Wrestling Network listeners. You can get 10% off of your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Now, that's a crazy offer. That's 10% off a $400 slab pack. $40 off right there. 10% off your first purchase. No matter what that purchase is, 10% off. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net for 10% off your first purchase on Arena Club. And we thank them for sponsoring the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. <laughs> Whatever disgusting what? metaphor you want to use there. But it, it all feels very intentional. Yeah. But I can't give it the double thumbs up until I've seen what the payoff is. There's not a podcast on God's green earth that's going to compare Okada matches to Edge. <laughs> I love it. This is what it felt like in that Shingo match. Like he's got he's got our dick in his hands and he's doing all his little tricks. We're <laughs> like, oh yes, come on, Kazuchika, give me give me release. And then right. he just you get a sad little dribbly ruined orgasm <laughs> at the end when he slaps on the money club. You're like, oh, you're so close to it being perfect, and you just you ruined it. Oh, oh yes. I know it's vile, but am I am I out to lunch? Uh, <laughs> is that pretty not hard, an accurate analogy? <laughs> I got a boner. I'm not going to lie. Look, the Shingo match was the first time where I am on the edge of my seat. Uh, And I feel like I've been taken back in time with an Okada match. It was the first time that I'm like, he's here. He's back. I can't tell you how many times I've said he's back. (laughs) And again, New Japan production, Chef's Kiss. They were right there. They they are on top of the shit like no one's business, right? Again, zooming in on on the risk control stuff because, again, making us ache for it. We're, We're aching for what in essence is a clothesline. <laughs> Think about that. You know what I mean? Like we are aching for that. But this was the first match. Even everything felt crisp. Everything felt like had more more pep. Everything had more 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 spark and sparkle. Everything from the minute he walked in the ring, everything felt like he was back, right? Um so yeah, I can't think how anyone can think these past matches haven't been an intentional thing. Because in an instant, the dropkick had, you know, six more inches. The, the, uh, 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 the punches and the, and the strikes were that much more crisp. Uh, the timing was there. The energy was there. The fact that I gave a... Fu- now again... Maybe it's the opponent. Shingo is fucking great. Fucking great. But this was the first time I felt an Okada. That's it. This was the first time I felt an Okada match. And everybody in that fucking building begging for it. You're right. They're begging for that fucking clothesline, that fucking rainmaker. And still, we didn't get it. 
still, we didn't get it. So, yeah, this is, this no doubt is intentional because uh, you, you don't just turn it on. You don't just turn it on. Everything that we've been craving for. And you're right. It's, it's piece by piece by piece by piece by piece. This is masterful, actually. If you, if you if you want it honest, this is pretty fucking masterful. I wasn't on board in the beginning by any stretch of the imagination because again, you don't understand it. You don't you don't know why you're on this fucking dirt road when there's a highway right next to you, and you're like, why am I on this fucking dirt road? Just get on the highway. I'm bouncing around. I'm uncomfortable. This isn't fun. There's an on ramp. Right up the street. That match put us on a fucking on ramp. That got us on that, that that got us on pavement. That got us on that got us on the highway. And away we go. So yeah, maybe he again, could it be injuries? Of course. Could it be just a guy working smart and saying, okay, I'm gonna take it easy for a little bit until we get to the yeah, okay, yeah, of course. Could it be a guy again, 2020 has not been the greatest year for Okada. It has not been. This I mean, match. Let's be fair. It started off amazing. The the yeah. two Wrestle Kingdom matches incredible, and now you've laid it out like that. It 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 seems like he's thinking, okay, like exactly like you said, I'm going to take it easy until these big matches, and I need to come up with a storyline to go along with it. Yeah, I, I mean, there's no other logical explanation for it other than that, and that's now that the realization is there of people come, kind of seeing that. Because again, proofs in the pudding. The, these last couple matches, these last couple matches have n- nowhere near where he started. When do you think people he bust it out. When, when is he doing it? Look, there's no one better when he's when he's when he's th- that. I don't care what anybody says. There's no one better. That Okada. What do you think he's saving it for though? <sighs> when do we get the payoff? I'm telling you, man. I I just I don't want to be disappointed by it, and I don't want me to fucking, you know, work myself into a froth. I I I keep looking from the, the from the day they announced that match, Joel. That fucking Osprey match just stuck out like a sore goddamn thumb. I think Osprey. I think they pull, I think he pulls it out. Osprey. Unless you know, it's, it's a you know they're going a completely different way in the sense of uh, angle and all that shit to 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 do a turn or whatever. I just I just I I have to think that that's the time to do it because okay. Aside from that, yes, we'll have another one big show after right leading up to Wrestle Kingdom, and Wrestle Kingdom. Joe, I'm looking at my calendar. It's October twelfth. Uh, we don't got that fuck. We don't got that fucking far to go for Wrestle Kingdom, right? Uh, I don't think they wait that long. I think they do it here. I think I think they do it here, um, which will lead to a a, a Wrestle Kingdom. But that'd be something if they did fucking that they were able to stretch it that far, make it make it wrestle make it the Wrestle Kingdom, and that be the moment. Won't be bad. Um, I just see, think of Wrestle Kingdom as being redemption for for a lot of people, um, and the stories being told. Kind of, we we forget we're in G one, and usually G one we're sweating our balls off in the middle of summer. Um, it's October twelfth. We don't got that far to go for Wrestle Kingdom. 
Yeah, so he's got Ishii Osprey left. I still think he's going to win the block, but we will wait and see how that plays out. Uh, I've got a question from Booze Leprechaun here. Mm. Our good buddy running the mm. Discord. Uh, say what you work for mybookie.com and you've got to come up with the odds of which match main events A block finals. At this point, are you still picking Okada Osprey as the main event or are you starting to shift towards Ibushi Taichi? So uh, over to you, Damon. I believe um, we'll see. I still think Okada wins it, and and Okada's in the finals. Do um, you think it's going to be either Ibushi or Taichi? No, I'm I'm pretty sure that the main event will be Okada Osprey, yeah. and I have been since day one. I agree. Well, again, Okada Osprey is you know they have to you know. You you can't convince me that that's not the main event um, for that particular show. So no, my if I, if I'm if I'm laying down odds with my bookie, uh, yeah, uh, that's where I'm putting my money, Joel. And what else could you put your money oh, on with my bookie? Well, I'm glad you transitioned smoothly into that. Uh, well, look, my bookie. We all we we all know what 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 they're about, and we know uh, how they. Can help uh, help you satisfy, scratch that itch when it comes to your sports betting. Mm. It's autumn. A lot of sports are winding down, right? World Series right around the corner. Uh, we just crowned NBA championship. We just crowned the Stanley Cup championship, but there's still plenty on the docket, right? We got the Premier League in full swing. NFL, listen, it's been a crazy season, right? It's winning season, and it means doubling your first deposit. I'm going to say that again. Winning season at my bookie. it means doubling your first deposit. It means free bets. It means super contests. It means survivor pools. So much more. My bookie. It's winning season is all about your chance to win big. Again, we said it before, baseball, UFC fights, right? Football, both sides of the pond. Look, it's the craziest sports time of your lifetime, and the time is now. Simple. You make your picks, you win big, you collect your cash. I, I mean, you know, I can't think of anything more simple. Invest in your sports intuition. Select from hundreds of future bets, or you can bet games in real time. My bookie's live betting. Now, put that big brain of yours to good use. going to give you something from the Super J cast. It's a promo code. I want you to use the code Super J. Super J. All caps. What we're going to do is we'll double your first deposit. Super J doubles your first deposit. How great is that? New players get up to $1,000 in free play. It's designed to add more excitement to your sports. You already love it. And the games you already bet. Thousands of cross-sport wagers, props, parlays. They're waiting for you. Get off your ass. Sign up. My bookie. Enter the promo code Super J. We're doubling your first deposit. Awesome. Cross-sport wages, props, parlays. Sign up now. Bet with the best and celebrate your victory. Your winning season begins today only, only at my bookie. All right, well, we better speed things up a bit here. Uh, Tomohiro Ishii, we've got six points so far. He's beaten Taichi, Yujiro, and lost to Jeff Cobb. And he's got Okada and Jay White left. What I think Ishii's doing... Uh, tremendous and underrated and understated job here is not just having the 
copy-paste Ishii blueprint match. I think in those three I've mentioned, the Taichi match, the Yujiro match, and the Jeff Cobb match, he's had he's had a, a match that has made his opponents look good and get their style into the match as well. Rather than like the Shingo match, which felt a bit one-note for me. So in the Taichi match, we had the you know the striking exchange where Taichi is uh, you know drawn out Taichi's the Kawada moves from his mentor from his training, and I love that feud. I will never get bored of it, even if their matches are pretty similar. The, the uh, Ishii Taichi matches I find them tremendously entertaining. The Yujiro match, I think he did a great job in drawing Yujiro into a brawl and making Yujiro get involved in in. Uh, actually, I, I suppose I'm kind of contradicting my point there because he's drawing everyone into brawls. Uh, but the Jeff Cobb match, I thought that was great as well. Maybe Cobb's best match of the tournament because uh, the bumps that he took for Cobb were great. And Ishii is not a guy that you typically associate with being thrown around the ring, but he certainly did that for Cobb and made Cobb look like an absolute monster. So uh, just three terrific performances there from Ishii. Uh, Vase Collector says, is Ishii the most talented jobber of all time? Well... Can't really say that because I think the important thing about Ishii he does get those wins from time to time to to keep us honest. The fact that he beat uh, Taichi, you know, a lot of people would have expected Taichi to get that win. So I think it's not a question of him losing all the time. I just think it's a question of getting the best out of his opponents, and he's certainly been doing that in this G1. He's he's been tremendous. He does it every G1, right? For how many years have we been saying how you know you can go back 2014, 2013? Um, it's 2020, right? We've been saying this for five, seven years now. Uh, it's unbelievable. It, it, and, and that's really the, the key to sum it up is that he does an outstanding job of making his opponents look great. Um, and you can go down the list of pro wrestlers who have been in G1 throughout the years. And if, if you're in a block with Ishii, you, you, you have to be, not only just like when it's all said and done, I think the majority of pro wrestlers who have been in a block with Ishii have circled that match and be like, wow, that was one of the probably not even the best, probably most fun. They probably leave the ring thinking, wow, that was fucking fun. Um, and he does it consistently year after year after year. And he doesn't get the accolades, right? When it comes to points, he'll, I don't want to say he'll never win it, but he ain't ever fucking winning it. Um, he's a guy he's a, to help balance out the points. But in, in the process of doing that, he, he, he performs spectacularly, um, and he gives people some of their best performances because every single night he fucking does what he does, and it's great. And, it, and, and for me, it never gets old and never gets tiring. Um, he's, he's an... He is an MVP of that block. Do you expect him to spoil Jay White in the block finals? <sighs> Might that be something? Um, that's a big ask right there, isn't it? It's a big ask. No, I don't. I, I could see it with the, I you know, the paranoia getting to Jay, and he's you know so distracted in what's going on. Maybe he doesn't trust Gedo, and he's side eyeing Gedo and takes his eyes off the ball, and then Ishii wipes him out. So yeah. I, I could see it happening. I I think that's uh, a, a non-zero possibility. I think it is going to happen. 
I'm, 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 I mean, I'm, something's got to happen in, in, to get him out of the picture. But, yeah, um, that, that's, that's a logical way to do it. Sure. Tai Chi also on six points. So lost to Ishii, JY, and Osprey. So he's lost three in a row there. He's got Shingo and Ibushi left. Again, I'm obviously a big Tai Chi fan, so I'm biased. But I think he's having a very, very good G1. He's had some tremendous matches. Like I said, love the Ishii match. I think they've got great chemistry together. I've spoken about the Jay White match before. I think they've got good chemistry together. Very fun seeing the, the heel-on-heel dynamics. And Osprey match, I thought, you know, they've had good matches as well in the past. So uh, three very different wrestlers that Tai Chi has been able to mesh with nicely to put on three very good performances. And I think having a, a sneakily good tournament is Tai Chi. I'm giving him an A. I'm giving him an A for this tournament, and and I'll tell you why. One, you you it, two years ago, if you told me that Tai Chi was going to have a performance like th- this that that he's had in this tournament, I would have laughed. Uh, two, he's a guy where I'm actively defending, <laughs> right, having a good tournament. Like I'm actively defending it against people who, you know, aren't watching it as as as, as um, Intently, they they can't possibly be. They're basing opinions off of years past. Um, so yeah, I think I th- and, and and nay, I thought I thought the Ishi match was fantastic. And I don't know what it is about him that, that he just has a great chemistry with. Um, and people have talked about it ad nauseum. But yes, uh, he does. And they get in the ring. It's something. Like, let's put it this way. Where, in the, as in the past, he was an absolute fast-forward. Absolute fast-forward. Um, I don't even have the remote in my hand when I'm watching his matches. That, 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 I, that's the highest compliment I can fucking give. He, I'm not, I'm not, I don't even, I don't, it's not even a thought. It's not even a thought. Um, and where he, he would easily be placed in a, in a bucket of skippable. Um, he's not even close to that. And there are there's a big name that we haven't talked about where precariously close to being in that bucket. Let's put it that way. Kenneth asks, do you think Taichi being less into the lip syncing, less dramatic with his pants stripping and kicking his mic are foreshadowing some character development for him? Or do you feel that they're just to show he's serious about G1? There, there does seem to be a concerted and deliberate transition away from the shenanigans and the bullshit into presenting him as a more serious wrestler. And I don't know if that's with a, a view towards Minoru Suzuki eventually stepping away and maybe Taichi being leader of that faction, or if it's just, it's necessitated it. The fact that he's been needed to be a tag team champion and have uh, impressive uh, semi-main events that deliver. And you, you have to deliver in a G1 because otherwise... You know, you're not going to be in it the following year. It's, it's. We've seen it. We've seen people who have been mainstays in the G1 get dropped the following year just because uh, someone better comes along. So uh, there, there's definitely been a change in Tai Chi. I've always liked, to be fair, even when he has been doing the bullshit, because I'm, I like the character. I enjoy the gimmick. But he's definitely moved. Like, if you look at that sliding scale of bullshit to serious wrestling, it's definitely moving more towards the serious wrestling. So I think it should be applauded for that. Um, let's talk about Suzuki then, who is on six points. He lost to Okada and Osprey and Ibushi. He's got Jay and Shingo left. I mean, we talked about all three of those matches. I, I, you know, I had my 
doubts about Suzuki coming back into the G1, given how thick and fast the matches come and whether he would be able to stand up physically. Very much so. He is not Mr. Beat. And nope. he's bringing something unique to the G1 in general, where, you know, he's not as athletic or, uh, you know, he's not maybe taking the kind of bumps or, or mileage that he would have done in G1's gone past. But with his, the you know, the strength of his character, you know, his snarling, vicious personality and the brutality of his strikings, you know, no one else manages to get a sound quite like him from a forearm to the face. So it's those two things that mix together make him, I think, a really, really valuable part of this G1 that no one else is able to bring. So I think he's been fantastic in this G1 so far. Yep, I'm giving him a solid B, B plus area. Um, Two things on Suzuki. One, he does bring... um, Everything that he does looks like it fucking hurts, right? And he doesn't. You're right. He's not taking crazy bumps. He's not doing high, flashy moves. You know, that's not him. But everything he does look looks like it fucking hurts, right? Um, and yeah, there there is something to be said about a guy who's fifty something years old being able to do what he does at at that level. Again, we're not talking about you know shit off the top rope or, but. Like there is something to be said where every night he's going out there and just getting fucking whacked as hard as as, as his opponent can hit him uh, intentionally. Um, he's still a big name. He's still a fucking star. Um, and he and he does bring in a a level of I don't want to say legitimacy. I don't know if that's the right word I'm looking for, but there is something to be said about a guy who. Again, might be the the opposite of a Osprey or an opposite of an Abushi when it comes to wrestling style. Um, just I don't know. There's there's something joyful about watching Suzuki just fucking brutalize those two. <laughs> um, I just I don't know. I don't know why it gave me such pleasure. Um, it it. it, I, it he is uh, scary and looks legitimate and feels legitimate. And like I said, everything he does looks like it hurts. And I think that's what brings him to – like that's why people enjoy watching his matches. And and that's where I think he gets the biggest the biggest mileage is that every, small things, everything looks deliberate, everything looks like it has a purpose, and everything looks like it hurts. I just like the little character bits. Like, for example, at the end of the Okada match, he's furious because he hadn't, you know, he didn't get the fight that he wanted and he's, you know, rampaging around. He can't believe that he's lost. But then at the end of the Ibushi match, he's smiling. He's staring at the lights, but he's smiling because he got the the fist fight that he wanted. He's given out a beating, he's taken a beating and he's a happy man. He's going home satisfied. So just those little things that make Suzuki so great to watch. Uh, Pro Wrestle Machine says, was the best Suzuki match ever. I guess he's talking about the Ibushi match. Uh, yeah, certainly up there. I'd have to rack my brace to think of a better one, but it was certainly one of the most enjoyable. In he's had a couple of Noah. Yeah, he's had a couple of Noah matches that were fucking fantastic. Um, uh, I think a lot of people point to that AJ Styles match G one uh, in Cork and was was pretty fucking fantastic too. Um, again, Suzuki can have great matches. Let's let's not 
you know, let's not beat around the bush. He can have great matches. Um, you know, he's 50 something years old though. That's, that's, that's the amazing part. So, um, he looks great. He, he fucking, yeah, it, that was a good match. That was a very good match. I don't want to, I don't know if I would put it in like his top three or anything like that, but that was a really good match. Shingo Takagi, six points, beat Yujiro and Ibushi and then lost to Okada. He's got Taichi and Ishii left. Yeah, Shingo is just a guy that you know, you give him the tap on the shoulder, he is going to go out and deliver a, a spectacular main event and get the best out of his opponent, make them look great. And I think he's had a, a very, very good G1, maybe with the exception of the Ishii match, which, again, like it delivered everything that you expected. It just wasn't it was just too long too long we talked about that match in the past uh but i thought you know you got a good well i want to say you got a good match out of Udro, but i think their match was good you know a nice uh surprisingly back and forth encounter there considering his opponent uh ibushi match talked about thought that was very good and okada match tremendous so shingo takagi just a, a invaluable guy to have around when it comes to a g1 climax i, I think he He's not dissimilar to an Ishii in in the function. Like he's there, who he, he's probably never going to be the guy in the company, but he can get a quality match out of anyone and make anyone look amazing and deliver a, a sizzling match anytime he's needed to. Um, so yeah, just a, he's having a, a, a great one. He's an MVP for me. He he, uh, outstanding. I, I've said it before. He's arguably for me, one of the most important signings New Japan has had in the past four years. Um, unbelievable stud. Just great matches. One of my favorite. He, he, he absolutely is one of my favorite pro wrestlers in the world. Um, <laughs> the energy he brings. The, the, again, he's a, he's, a, he's a big boy, beefy pro wrestler that has a lot of the attributes that we look at Coda and Will and Kenny and that, that explosiveness um, in a very stocky, short, tight, thick, compact frame. Uh, he's mean. He looks cool. I He fucking checks all the boxes for me, man. I, I think he is the bee's knees and an absolute MVP. Um, and, and, just just a, just an absolute joy to watch and yes he'll be a middle of the road guy i can't imagine his ceiling being any higher than maybe maybe if they decide to split them the intercontinental title um but man what a fucking stud what a stud we got Jeff Cobb, who's also on six points, beat Jay White, lost to Okada, and beat Ishii. He's got Osprey and Yudro left. And it says, how would you feel about adding Jeff Cobb to the Never slash US title division? I mean, he's been a Never champion before, so he's he's done that already. But I certainly, I think he was worthy of holding either of those titles mentioned. I think he has proved a lot of people wrong. Certainly, uh, last year's G1, maybe we expected more from him. And the matches were quite similar they were kind of one note he'd get all his big power spots in and you'd be left wanting more at the end but i think he's doing a very good job here having different kinds of matches each time out 
like uh, the, the Jay White match, the Okada match, the Ishii match, they were all paced slightly differently. So the Jay White match, he was working from the bottom. He was fighting against Jay White's stifling style and sort of popping up occasionally with his big power spots and, and that played Trump's room in the end. Uh, the Okada match, he was pretty much in control of that. And then he sort of gets a bit cocky, doing the Rainmaker pose and gets caught out. And then the Ishii match, just two big boys going to war. He's throwing Ishii around the ring. They're beating the piss out of each other. So I think he's doing a much better job this year having different kind of matches where they're more than the sum of their parts. And I think he's more than justified his inclusion in this G1. Yeah, he's been outstanding. Um, I mean, outstanding for Jeff Cobb, right? Um, and that's and I'm not saying that as as a as a slight or a knock or I just think that his improvement this year compared to last year is is significant. Um, I enjoy watching his matches, whereas last year, even toward the end, it was you know when you knew he, the points weren't going to add up, he might have been a skip. Uh, yeah, there does seem to be a little variance in his in his matches. Um, the the Jay White match I thoroughly enjoyed. Um, and I think it was – I love the fact that, again, if we're talking about Jay White being the sneaky, the the conniving, the, the guy who's going to find the opening and the minute he does takes advantage of it, that didn't mean shit to a guy who is a human brick wall, right? Like I love that concept of no matter what, the, 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 like you, you, you weren't going to get one over on Jeff just because of his just mass and his size – uh, yeah, he was smart as well, though. It was a smart move, picking up Ghetto and throwing Ghetto at Jay White. So right. it's the fact that he used his brawn and his brain to overcome uh, a superior opponent there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, um, I, I'm, I'm curious to, to see people's pickums and how many people would have circled that. Uh, that's it's pretty interesting booking, to say the least. Uh, he's been good. Jeff Cobb has been very good. Um, look, he's, 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 you put your name on a dotted line for, for, you know, he, the company trusts him to, to at least make him that offer. And now Jeff Cobb's got to kind of step up. And I think in this bubble of G1, you know, he's, he's singles matches, spotlights a little bit brighter. I think he stepped up. He's absolutely stepped up and he's had a much better G1 this year. Uh, letter grade. What do you think, B? I'm going B. Go B plus. I think he's ah. he's delivered what I hoped for Jeff Cobb would deliver at the beginning of last year's G1. And he didn't fully deliver them, but now big thumbs up from me. Yet he is playing that big Western powerhouse Hoss role to a T, and I'm I'm very happy. Agreed. Yep. Very good. And uh, we've got Yudro, Nilpois, zero points, lost to Shingo, lost to Ishii, lost to Jay White. He's got Ibushi and Cobb left. I think Yudro turning himself into a baby face is not something I expected at the start of this G1, but it's happened. I find myself cheering for him now. Me too. He, do- he wrestles a clear step slower than everyone else. Like he's kind of wrestling in slow motion, but it doesn't necessarily make the matches bad. He's st- you can see like this is a guy who in maybe in real life and in kayfabe as well he is not as good he's a he's a step below everyone else in the block and he's struggling to keep up 
But God damn it, if he's not trying his best and you're rooting for him and I've really wanted to get a win at some point, I don't know if he's going to get it. But the fact that I'm cheering for him and the fact that I'm invested in his matches and they're good matches, I think is something to be celebrated. Yeah. I mean, I love the fact that New Japan had the guts to go in on it too. Like he could have easily got one and two wins and okay. But again, they're going all in on the idea of he's got none. And who's who's going to be the spoiler? Uh, pardon the pun. Uh, who's going to be you know the 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 guy who he does get the win? Or or are we going to go all in and be like zero, nothing? Um, and I thought the Jay White match was going to be it. I really did. And I don't. What else can you ask for when you when you can when you can get sucked into that? Um, that's what makes pro wrestling great. And if it takes a guy going over, then so be it. Let's do it. And again, there is something to be said. It is pro wrestling, and the argument can be made that pro wrestlers, well, eh, they don't give a shit. You know, they're they're out there to do the do be a professional. There it is again. Um, and do their job. But you know, it it, it might be a little bit like, oh, okay, I'm lying down again. I'm lying down again. And he's doing it, you know, in and he's making it interesting, right? Um I know in many of the of the guys that I've spoken to when it comes to G1 they don't know that if they're winning or losing until they get to the arena uh and when they get to the building so to to show up and see you know your name not circled as going over um that might be a you know again somewhat a little bit like okay lying down again lying down again um he's taking and like, it like that a- played into the Jay White match didn't it because you could see it on his face like Literally, I'm lying down again, and he's like, "Come on, get it over with." And then he's like, "Fuck it, I'm not having this anymore. I'm, I want to, I want to get some points. I don't want to be the laughing stock of the block anymore." So it, the, the, everything that you described is playing into the stories in the ring as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think he's done great. Um, you know, given that, yeah, you're right. He is a step behind, but I think he's done fantastic. Yeah, and the fact that he. He is a step behind. He knows he's a step behind. Everyone thinks he's a step behind, but they're leaning into that, and that's part of the, the story. That's part of the charm here. All right, that's A Block. We're going to have to speed oh things God, up we with got, B Block. We've got okay, 20 so we, minutes to barrel through it. Okay, <laughs> okay so we've got Evil, who's top. He's got 10 points. Beat Juice, beat Tanahashi, beat Naito. He's got Goto left. He's got Sonala left. Question from uh, my friend Stuart. He says, you talked about your mixed feelings on the Bullet Club shenanigans on numerous occasions, but for me, problem is the execution, the ref distractions and bumps, and to some extent, the foreign object shots look hokey, unrealistic and sloppy, which spoils my enjoyment of the matches overall. If they were executed more crisply and believably, like the majority of New Japan action, I'd take a more generous view of them. It's fine for Yano matches, but not the more serious Bullet Club. And Japanese Retro Game Center says, are ref bumps new G.O.D. versus Sonata Evil? Asking for a friend. So uh, I'm curious where you stand on Evil, because we are getting you know as with jay white uh two years ago they're bang hammering you over the head this is what evil does he's gonna cheat he's gonna low blow he's gonna have dick togo uh garroting people and the way they execute those interference spots is sloppy it is not thoughtfully or carefully done and it does leave you thinking what is a referee doing why is he not disqualified here it makes more than one person look stupid 
but I still kind of like it. It, it amuses me. And when I see the, the, the spot after spot after spot with Dick Togo and Dick Punches and Red Shoes being a clown, it makes me laugh. And maybe not in a good way, but, you know, putting that to one side, I think the matches have been pretty good as well. I don't think he's been shit in the bed by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, the, I thought the Tanahashi match, as far as main events go, you know, classic, good versus evil, literally, uh, heel versus babyface dynamic there, which was fun. And I thought the Naito match probably their their best match out of the three. So I think I, I understand where he's going to lose some people completely with the shenanigans. But I think if you accept that for what it is, that's part of the evil character. Then he's it's about what, what I expected from his G one. He's fast forward to me. The matches are not compelling enough, near compelling enough for me to sit through them to get to the finish that I know is going to be something that is just just mind-blowingly bullshit. Like I just can't he's a, he's a skip. Like I like here's how I watch evil matches now. Fast forward, 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 fast forward. Okay, here's a finish. Oh, there's Dick Togo, okay. There's there's red shoes down. Oh, there's a ball shot. I'm in, and I'm, I'm in, and I'm out. My life has become so much more enjoyable. Fast forwarding through evil matches. It again, if the matches themselves were like great, and and I could, and it, it would hold my interest. At least I would be at a point where okay, I, I know I'm getting fucked at the end, but okay, great. There's nothing. There is, I, right, I can't. As red hot as evil was, as red hot as he was, Joel. He has cooled off so much right now for me. Uh, he is he's he's in the bucket. He is in the fucking bucket, and uh, I don't see him getting out of it anytime soon. Hopefully, it's the it's the Bullet Club thing. I'm hoping. I, I'm I'm praying that's the, the 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 way that we go soon because I cannot get through watching that anymore. I'm 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 officially hand waving them. They are they are officially in the fucking bucket. Yeah, you're certainly not alone there. I think plenty of people would agree with you. I, I guess I'm just sort of look, looking at it more favourably. I'm finding some enjoyment out of it. Uh, do you think he's going to win the block? Because it seems at the moment like he is the favourite. Who's he got next? Next who do you know? He has got, I just deleted it. Uh, he's oh, got sorry. Goto and then Sonata. You figure Sonata's a loss. Right, that's what I'm going with. I'm going with Sonata a loss. I think he beats Goto, loses to Sonata. Okay, uh, let's talk about Tezuya Naito then, who beat Yoshihashi, beat Juice Robinson, and then lost to Evil. He's got Yano and Kenta left. I think Naito has been invaluable in this B block. He's the B block MVP. He has been leaned on night after night after night to deliver long, exciting, high quality main events. Sometimes getting a bit sloppy down the stretch. With the you know the destinos can get a bit clunky and awkward when you know he's tired the opponent's tired, but putting that to one side, I think he has had tremendous matches. I thought the Yoshihashi match was great. Yep. He gave Juice his best match, and I enjoyed the even match. I thought the even match was good as well. So I think if you take Naito out of this B block, then you're looking at a very different proposition. But the fact that he's been depended on to deliver that big main event style match every night has been uh, a success. Yep. 
I enjoyed the juice match too. I enjoyed that. Uh, yeah, he was playing the heel there, wasn't he? Like mocking Juice's mannerisms in a way that I, I always find more fun when Naito's being a bit of a dick. Yep, I thought that was really good. Um, again, we forget about opening night with Tanahashi. I thought it was fantastic. Yeah, I think he's been a stud for that block. Um, he's, you know, him, and, and I'm sure we'll talk a little bit more about Tanahashi. Both those guys have been the glue when it comes to things to, to really look forward to when it comes to match quality. Um, yeah, I think he's had a stellar G1. Uh, I would give him an A. Uh, do you think he, how do you think he ends up in the block? I don't think, I don't he, think he wins the block. Yeah, I, I don't think champions make it. I think, you know, it's about who challenges that champion. Um, so yeah, I don't think he makes it to the finals. Uh, Eric says, Naito's been great in every way, all G1, but his selling in particular has been top-notch. He actually even made the skull end look like death. Anyway, which selling performances have you appreciated this year? Um, I am going to take selling performances and transition into the next person, which is Hiroki Goto, who's got eight points. He beat Yano in about 10 seconds, which was great. It was fun. And I was thinking, oh, is he injured? So I, I thought he might have been legitimately hurt because that was two matches in a row after the Zap match. That went really short. But then the Yoshihashi match and then the Tanahashi match, he does not look injured. So I don't know if there was something else going on or if it was just you know him working us. But uh, the Yoshihashi match and the Tanahashi match I thought was fantastic because we talked about one of their matches before, their 2007 match. I thought they got really good chemistry. And I thought his knee-selling performance here was very, very good. That's, that's the blueprint of what I want to see from uh, a good selling performance there. So uh, Goto gets... Big thumbs up from me. I think he's having a good tournament, a really good tournament, actually. And mixing it up with some, you know, flash wins, flash defeats. But also when he's needed to deliver the the big match, he's been able to go out and do it. Yeah. He's been he's been a, a, a bit of a surprise in a sense of, you know, you always know he's solid. Um, but you don't necessarily expect flashes of brilliance. I've enjoyed them this year. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's if it's if it feels like a new coat of paint. I don't know if it feels like a, a renewed energy. I th- I think he's been very good. like to me. He's been like a, like an Ishi in in the sense of solid guy who you're going to get a good match out of. Um, and if you're working with him, you're going to get a good match with him. Um, certainly not a night off by any stretch of the imagination, but it's a I don't know. It's, it's almost like a comfort where you know Goto is going to deliver at least a very good match uh, to make and, and help you make you look good. Um, I think that's his biggest and best role right now. Zack Sabre Jr. also has eight points. He lost to Sonata, beat Yano and beat Yoshihashi. He's got Juice and Tanahashi left. I think Zack is probably my runner-up in terms of B-block MVPs. I think he has also been tremendous. He's brought... I think extra energy this year and dynamism to put on uh, more, I would say, physically demanding matches. He seems to have increased the pace, which has been uh, really enjoyable for me. The Sonata match was, I I preferred their Wrestle Kingdom match, but I think they've got good chemistry. I enjoy the grappling between them and they played off some spots from that match. Like the the finish of that Wrestle Kingdom match was a near fall in this match and I always enjoy those little nods towards previous encounters. I thought the yellow match was the best Yano match so far. And I think a large part of that was because Zach was such a, a great straight man to play off against. Like uh, when 
Yano taped Zach's hand to the chair and then he comes back in he manages to pull the chair in just in time he got the timing spot on there Zach did and then the referees go oh Yano's going oh he's got a chair and then Zach said why would I tape the chair to my own hand that doesn't make any sense that's ridiculous so the fact that he was sort of screaming about the ludicrousness of the situation I thought was a nice counterpoint to Yano's silliness and and then it actually turned into a pretty good match at the end with him like breaking Yano's ankle so that was good fun and uh, Yoshihashi match, yeah, for an opening match, I thought they did a, a really good job, both of them there. So uh, Zach, I think, again, has been very, very important part of the B block. Yep, absolutely. Always, always a pleasure to watch. Um, specifically that Yano match where he's trying to pull the fucking chair between the rail, and I'm like, turn the fucking chair. If you lose by a count out to this, you're the biggest boom yes, in the world. Exactly the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you can't be that dumb come on and he fucking gets in so that was pretty nice yeah he's had a he's he's always look uh, uh, he, uh, there's no question that he's he is one of my favorites so i enjoy watching his matches i I love his style so um i i like it when he's in the ring with guys that are completely different and just creative ways to to tie up limbs I, I, that, that 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 fucking gets me going that gets my pants down so um it's kind of hard for him. He's got to really shit the bed for me to, to give him a bad grade. But yeah, he's you know he's he's at least a B level right now. Sanada also has eight points. Beat Zach, Kenta, and Ju. So he's, he's got three wins in a row. There. He's got Tanahashi and Evil left. Uh, Vase Collector says, is Sanada cosplaying as Ryuji from Persona 5? Will you guys play Persona 5 after Final Fantasy? I do have Persona 5. I haven't played it yet. It's waiting for me in Shaman. So that's something I'm going to do when I get back. Uh, Mike says, is it time to abandon the received wisdom that Sonata is a good wrestler who just struggles with personality and admit he's not good at all? He's been below Yoshihashi for me, which isn't an insult, but he's never ace material. Yeah, he's been a disappointment for me. I think those three matches, the Zack match, Kenta match, Juice match, they were they were fine. They were good, but not nothing that makes me think, wow, this guy needs to be elevated. And it doesn't excite me for the possibility of him main eventing sumo hall against evil which is looking like a distinct possibility it doesn't excite me for him possibly getting to the finals or even winning the g1 just because i I think if you're going to do that you need to deliver more and there's just the energy the dynamism is not there the he's kind of the matches get a bit sloppy down the stretch and yeah a bit of a disappointment for me yeah uh, i mean I agree with all your points. Um, he's he's not one of my favorites, so I, I feel like I'm already, you know, a little bit behind the eight ball when it comes to sitting down and prepping myself for watching those matches. He is what he is. I can't, you know, I'm never going to be overly excited by him. Uh, I'm I'm never going to be, you know, when I see it coming up, I'm never excited. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, he just doesn't do anything for me, so I feel like I go into it with a, with a little bit of a bias just to begin with. He's just not my 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 cup of tea, and he's kind of fit the mold for me. You know what I mean? He's been there, like of the of the two guys that have been kind of uh, evil and Sonata have have. I mean, evil's worse for me. Sonata's not quite in that fucking fast forward hard yet. Um, but he just doesn't do anything for me. It's it's hard for me to so for for a letter grade B minus C, I think he's been fine. I, he just doesn't do anything for me. Yeah, I can't say I'm excited at the prospect of him and Evil 
in no. the B block final. I, yeah, I just just do it for me. Uh, anyway, Toriano six points, lost to Gotto, Zach, and Kenta, so he's lost three in a row. The Gotto match was like ten seconds, so it's not really great to say about that. But I do like the fact that they throw in those very very short matches to keep you in the toes. Uh, like I said, sort of Zach match was very funny. I uh, thought he, they were good sort of comic foils for each other. And the Kenta match, I enjoyed the payoff with Kenta's briefcase being full of all the tape after Kenta had been complaining about tape for the whole match, but it just took way too long to get there for me. So uh, that one was a miss. He's got Naito and Yoshihashi left. Um, how are you feeling about Yano so far? <laughs> I mean, uh, it's, a, it's, it's a palate cleanser, as people like to describe it. Again, I rate it by laughs. Um, the Zack match was fine. Um, him hiding tape constantly. Okay, we get it. It's uh, fine. What, <laughs> he's been fine. I don't care about Yano. Just let that one hang in the air there. He doesn't care <laughs> about Yano. I don't. Uh, Tanahashi. <laughs> Tanahashi's got six points. Beat Kenta, lost to Evil and Goto. He's got Sonata and Zack Sabre Jr. left. I think Tanahashi has been very, very good this tournament trying to remember what happened in the matches because they do kind of blend together, don't they? Uh, I thought the Kenta match was, a, yeah, classic Tanahashi, him getting the main event, getting to do his air guitar at the end. Uh, that was really good. Um, evil match. Yeah, I thought that was decent as well. Bit really? I didn't like the that shenanigans. I, th- I thought it was fine. Again, I've got a higher tolerance, uh, a high threshold for, for tolerating the, the shenanigans than most people do, I suspect. I thought the Goto match was great. So, uh, yeah, I'm, Tanahashi's been good. I think Tanahashi's been really great. Uh, I liked I liked the, the, the Kenta match a lot. Um, I did not like the the Evil match all that much. Um, what did he have before that? Wreck uh, my memory here. Uh, I thought the Yoshihashi match was pretty good. Um, I think Tanahashi's had a pretty pretty solid pretty solid G one. Um, I would give him a B right now, close to an A, maybe a B plus. I really enjoyed it. I think I think he's like he's one of those guys. I, we talked about Jay White being twenty twenty. You know how he's just exploded. For me, Tanahashi just looks like a like like a refreshed human being. Like the break did him so well. Um, I think he's had a great tournament. So um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think he really has. And it's an it's an amazing thing being that you know we always talk about how banged up he is going in. I think he's done great. Juice Robinson on six points. He lost to Evil, Naito, and Sonata, so he's lost three in a row. He's got Zach and Goto left. Has he been a bit of a disappointment for you, Juice? He hasn't, maybe aside from the Naito match, he hasn't quite stepped into that extra gear that we have seen from him when he gets the big spots, like, you know, like I mentioned before, that Jay White match in the States. But, yeah, I was expecting and, and hoping more from Juice Robinson, and he's been fine. The matches haven't been bad. They've been good matches, but I... I've been left wanting more from him. What did you think of the evil match? I don't remember much about the evil match because I was too busy taking a victory lap over the World Tag League <laughs> uh, best of the Super Juniors thing. I didn't hate that match. Um, as much as I'm I'm down on evil, I didn't hate that match that much. Um, I loved the, the Naito match. I thought that was really great. Um, I think he's had a, a good, solid tournament. Um, I don't think that there's anything that I'm going to say blew me away. You know, the Yano match, of course, or whatever. I think he's been good. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't have that many complaints. Um, 
I, I think the matches that I've seen, again, the one, the Tanahashi match was the one where I was really expecting a lot and maybe didn't get it. But I think overall, he's had a solid tournament. Kenta, also six points. Lost to Tanahashi, Sanada, and then beat Yano. He's got Yoshihashi and Naito left. So he was our pick to win the block, and he's, I think, all but out. I think there's some wacky scenario where, like, an eight-way tie or something, he can still win the block. But I don't think that's going to happen. So I'm a bit surprised about that, just more for the fact that it would probably mean Naito is not going to be the main event. And I thought Kenta, Naito was Sumo Hall main event written all over it. But there you go. Uh, I thought the Tanahashi match was very good. Uh, Sonata match was fine. The Yano match, as I said, I think was a bit too long to get to that uh, comedic payoff. Uh, your thoughts on Kenta so far? I th- I'm, I'm thinking today, and it changes almost every day for me, Joel, where I think he's one of the best in the company. And then I'll go into other matches where it's just like, oh, what's going on here? Um, the evil match, again, I, I, I know people love the idea of the heel-heel dynamic, the bullet club dynamic. I don't know if I was feeling it that much. I, 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 and again, maybe that's more evil. I loved... The uh, Tanahashi match, I did. I thought that was really nice. Um, I, like I'm trying to think, is there a guy where I felt like have has had like the the the, the matches night to night have been so varying for me? Um, the Sonata match I thought was pretty good. Pretty good. Maybe it's just because he hasn't stood out to me. Like, like that's maybe it. Like, I just don't feel like he's stood out for me since he's returned. I feel like he 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 made more of a like he stood out more to me on strong than he has here. Does that make any sense? Like, I just don't don't feel like he's shined in G one. I don't know. I'm, I'm not feeling Kenta. To be fair to him, he's got these two opponents left, Yoshihashi and Naito, are two people I would expect him to have very good matches. So we might feel differently about him by the end. Um, which brings us on to the last person to be brought, Yoshihashi. Only two points. He's lost to Naito, Goto and Zack. He's got Kenta and Yano left. Uh, David says, you've spoken a lot about how good Yoshihashi's performances have been. But what do you think of the booking of his matches? Seeing him go 15 to 20 minutes and get a lot of offense against the top guys in the block has surprised me, given his low status prior to the summer. And I agree with that, because I thought that he had a good chance of beating Naito. And when he didn't, I was like, ah! Which I think, again, speaks volumes about how well he's done. And bringing the the energy and the enthusiasm and, and wrestling, not dissimilar to Yudro, like a guy who knows he's got a lot to prove and knows that in terms of skill talent he's below all the other guys in the block so he's going to have to work extra hard if he's going to keep his head above water and he's just struggling to do that and again I like the fact that he's only got two points this is a guy who was dropped from the G1 last year so you wouldn't necessarily expect him to come back in and then you know suddenly be on level pegging with most of the guys in the block so I think he has really surprised me with the you know the dynamism he's putting into his performance you know the little arm lock that he's added to the the butterfly lock to make it look like a legitimate 
submission maneuver so just little touches like that has got me investing in it and i i'm a fan i'm enjoying his matches i i look forward to them he hasn't had any bad matches and i'm actively rooting for him to win so a big turnarounds for uh, ichiban sweet boy yeah and a guy who is very it's very easy to just dismiss um he's done an excellent job of of making people care and i that's the that's the biggest challenge for Yoshihashi. It's not the in ring stuff. We, we I think everybody can agree that there's not a guy on that roster who can't go. Um, it's getting you invested, and the company has done a a, a, a pretty decent job of kind of waking you up to that fact. Um, he's had a, a a real solid tournament, um, and again, mostly because it's about getting people to to care about him. Um, I and I would say for me personally, he's had a better tournament than Kenta, and he's had a better tournament than Evil. Would you agree with that? Yes, I would. Yeah, right. Imagine, imagine saying that. You know, you know that's that that's commendable for a guy who, let's be honest here, is a never six man champion. And dare I say, I mean that's his crowning achievement in his career. And you're going, and you're talking that against former IWGP Heavyweight Champion. Can't believe I said that. Uh, and a guy who's positioned to be a top contender for that same title. Um, you know, just saying, Yoshihashi's had a better tournament than both those guys. All right, well, that is everyone in the G1. We've finally got through it. Uh, we have five more G1 shows. I, I guess we won't be podcasting until they're all done. So we've got Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, and the finals on Sunday. So I don't think we're going to record again before that. Who is your pick for A block winner, B block winner, and who wins the final? <sighs> Okada's making it to the final. It's that B block that's a little bit fucking a little weird for me. You think Evil's doing it? He was my pit. My pit was going to be Okada Evil in the final before I convinced myself about the Kenta thing. So I'm going to default back on my second choice. So I think, yeah, Okada versus Evil. Evil gets his win back. It's a similar blueprint to the Jay White thing last year where Jay White was the champion, lost the belt, but to keep his momentum up, he won his block and went into the G1 final. So I, I think we're going to do the same thing with Evil here. Okada gets his win back from the New Japan Cup final. And yeah, Okada over Evil in the final. Turn you on? Uh, not if it's anything like their <laughs> match in the New Japan Cup final, which was uh, disappointing, which, uh, you know, I think you can equally share the blame with both guys there because Okada was doing his I'm in a funk thing and then Evil was just, that. you know, that was his... No, he hadn't even turned to Bullet Club then, so he was sort of mid-turn there. So I would expect more. I think Okada and Evil have had very good matches in the past. I think they do have good chemistry. And I think if Okada is in full Rainmaker mode, which he should be, then this could be an exciting match. I hope it's not too heavy on... uh, I'm not going to say shenanigans, but poorly executed shenanigans. Right. The problem is, is that you have gone to shenanigans 
constantly. Here's the thing. The only thing they can do is have the, the shenanigans play and them fucking up, right? There has to be a sense of revenge. There's Because there's no reason to do shenanigans in fucking Hiroshima or fucking, you know, in the middle of this tournament. And they've done it every night with the payoff hopefully being, you know, the the, the shenanigans fucks them over in the end. Um, or you could have Jay White, you know, grabbing right. Togo. I don't know. Right, right, right. I mean, we're fantasy booking, but yes, but that's but you get my point, and I, I, we're on the same page uh, in in the sense of it. Had there has to be a payoff to that. Um, that's not that does not sound like a sexy G one final to me. Um, but okay, let's see. Let's give like, let's give them the benefit of the doubt. Let's see what they can pull out. There's no way Kenta point wise. There's no way Kenta can squeeze in there. There is, like I said, but it would involve uh, a lot of people tie. It, it was like an eight way tie or something, and then you have got to go on different layers of tiebreakers, and then it will come down to Goto and Kenta for the the final tiebreaker. So mm. it, it's a mathematical possibility, but I don't think it's going to play out like that. Usually, it's a lot more simple than that. I suspect B block is going to be. Uh, semi-main event Kenta spoils Naito and then it's Evil versus Sonata for all the marbles in the main event okay alright alright look I'm ho- I'm holding out hope for Kenta I think Kenta will be a little bit more of an interesting match but okay Evil we'll, we'll see we'll see alright good so far I hope everybody enjoyed it I know we barreled through uh, barreled through a block there because we're pressed for time but, there's not uh, that much to say about the B block really I, I, I feel I feel a lot of the more interesting discussions were with the A block. I didn't, I I didn't feel like I uh, didn't say anything about the B block participants that I wanted to say. All right, good. Well, here's what I will say. I'm fucking exhausted, and I have to go to work. <laughs> yep, let's get out of here then. So uh, I will wrap it up. Redcircle.com forward slash shows forward slash super dash J dash cast if you want to throw some money our way. And also thank you to our sponsors, MyBookie, don't forget you can use that code SuperJ to get some bonuses. Discord link is in the show notes. Please do check that out. It's a lot of fun getting in the live chat while the matches are going on. So we've got five shows coming up. So uh, if you're looking to chat New Japan, get involved with that. Uh, ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash SuperJCast for our great t-shirts. Thanks as always to Editor Dan on Twitter at LousyHero219. You can subscribe to the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network for other really good shows. Give us a five snake review on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at SuperJCast. Thanks everyone for listening and goodbye.